Hey everyone, welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Just a quick note before today's episode. This summer, we're completing our series of introduction videos with our final season of filming, and we still need to raise about $30,000 to cover those costs, and we would love you to help us with that. And you can do that by visiting the Spoken Gospel website and clicking on Donate. And by doing that, you can contribute to bringing books like the Book of Revelation to life. And whether that's through a one-time gift or a monthly donation, your support makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much and enjoy today's podcast. But sons mm-hmm. are free, right? And the Holy Spirit increases that freedom mm. by placing inside of us the freedom to act as the law intended for us to act. Mm. He's like, you want to obey the law, And the best way to do that is by being filled with the Spirit to allow you to do the law without limits. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of Scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everybody to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in our second installation of our walk through the book of Galatians. And let's see, what have we done so far? Last week, we talked about what Paul understands justification by faith means. Oh boy. Hey, that was uh, a big one, wasn't it? That was, yeah. a, that was a big one. And we talked about the different ways in which it's been understood. Um, so you should definitely go back and listen yeah. or watch that if you yeah. haven't already. I'm guessing, I don't know what we're going to title this episode yet, but I'm guessing with what we're going to talk about, people have, might have landed here yes. before listening to the previous episode. Yes. I, would, I would highly recommend going back and listening to in the last conversation. Paul's argument as he's been unpacking what it means to be justified by faith, it's like we become a member of God's family. We are included in God's family. We are identified as a member of God's family, not by doing certain Jewish laws like eating kosher or being circumcised, but simply by trusting Jesus. Right. And this is what unifies all members of God's family is trust in Jesus. Yeah. And he proved that through the law, through the prophets, through Abraham. Through Abraham, the Galatians on experience. Yep. And so the natural question for people who are sympathetic to wanting to obey the Old Testament regulations is like, okay, if you're saying the Old Testament regulations aren't necessary to identify us as members of God's family, then why on earth would God spend so much time giving us detailing ways in which we're supposed to to identify that we're a part of God's family. Right. What are all these laws for? What are all the laws for? Aren't they in the Bible? Aren't they right. the part of the Hebrew scriptures? Aren't they God breathed? Yes. Were they, was all of that done and a whole nation held under those laws for hundreds of years just so we could throw them out when Jesus came? Didn't like, Jesus say, I didn't come to abolish any right. of those laws, Paul? Why on earth? <laughs> like what happens to the law if what Paul is saying is true? Yeah. And that, and, and I think Paul asks a little bit of that 
mm-hmm. in like a rhetorical question or something. Yeah, he says, why then the law? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and that's what Galatians 3... 19. 19. 319. Okay. Why then the law? Why then the law? So we kind of ended our conversation last time with that very question of, so why do we have 613-odd laws in yes. the Old Testament if now Paul's saying like, oh, don't worry, don't get circumcised. Right. Like it means nothing. Right. Now. Like, what? And, wait, wait, what? And we kind of ended by answering that question the same way that Paul does as well. So what he says is it was added because of transgressions oh. until the offspring, meaning Jesus, Jesus, should come to whom the promise had been made. Right. So what he's saying here is he's just made this point that Abraham was promised an offspring. He was promised a singular offspring, right. Jesus, who would bless the whole world and unite all God's people right. in him. And the circumcision pointed on the on the Israelites' reproductive organs, pointed to this singular offspring. That one day there would be a son born right. through our reproductive organs yep. who would make all God's people one. one by faith. And would bless all nations. And bless all nations. Okay. And that was the point of circumcision. Yep. And, and he, so now that signpost, the thing it pointed to, is here. His point is that the law, as we said before, was a sign to that end. Mm-hmm. It was pointing towards that. And more than that, the law was really to constrain your behavior in a certain way. It was added because of transgressions. Israel wasn't a perfect people, Mm. but they needed to be shaped and guided in the way of God and Jesus, the coming Messiah. And so they were there to provide uh, constraints on their behavior while simultaneously pointing to the offspring who would one day unify all God's people and create one new family in himself. Okay. So when Paul asks, why then the law? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is going on in his opponent's minds, right? Because I think he's probably guessing their retort. Right. He's like, okay, I know I've said all this stuff about the like circumcision being brought to f- fulfillment. I know you're probably asking then, so then why all these laws? Yes. Um, what do you think is going on in their mind, in his opponent's mind? Like, why well, would they be asking that question? Because I think what they're assuming Paul is saying is that the law is at odds with the promises that God has made. And that, there's a, that Paul is saying that there is a contradiction in the Bible between the promises God made of a Messiah uh, and the laws he gave to God's people. I see. And Paul, uh, yeah. you're mm-hmm. inserting too much. You're, set, you're going too far. Right. What Your idea of what Jesus does is contradicting what our scriptures also say, and they say it explicitly in verse 21, mm. is the law then contrary to the promises of God? I mean, oh. Paul puts that yeah, question yeah, yeah. in their mouth. So, you know, Paul has this line, he says, why then the law? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's like expecting or anticipating that retort from That's the right. opponents. Uh, what was going on in the opponent's mind, do you think, that would have brought them to this problem of like, okay, why, why do we have these laws then, Paul? If we're going to throw circumcision out, why do we have them? Right. Because Paul is implying that faith in Jesus functionally makes all those laws obsolete. And so mm. they're saying, like, aren't these good parts of God's character communicated to us? Mm-hmm. 
how can God be at cross purposes with himself? Mm. He, he promised us, yes, the Messiah, yes. Right. But he never said that his commands shouldn't be followed. Right. You're kind of making Jesus an accessory to your sin, actually, Paul. Mm. And he'll, they'll make, they'll say that more explicitly in a second, but like, that's, I think, underneath it. That makes sense. And I think a lot of people probably agree with that idea today where it's like, okay, yeah, we have faith in Jesus just like everybody else. But you like you can't just say then throw out your Old Testament or throw out your law book. Yeah, like God communicated to us his like the way to be human, the way to yes. live out his character, the Ten Commandments. Like you want me to just because Jesus fulfilled mm-hmm. the law of circumcision, you want me to just throw out Thou shalt not murder now? Right. Like like how else are we supposed to understand what's right and wrong in the world without the law? That's right. And so Paul's response to this is to say, like, you're misunderstanding what the law was intended to do. Okay. That's kind of how he he takes this. He okay. says, is the law contrary to the promise of God? Certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Because mm-hmm. if the law could give life, mm. then righteousness would have been indeed by the law. Meaning, if the law was intended to create members of God's family, Ooh, yeah. then it would have done so. But scripture tells us over and over and over again that the entire people of God have been imprisoned by sin basically from page one. Mm -hmm. Like the whole scripture just tells us they can't do anything but sin. Right. So the law was never intended to create God's people, Mm. right? Yep. Which means then the promise of scripture is that by faith in Jesus Christ, all of us could be saved. The law wasn't meant to save us. Faith in Jesus Christ was, which mm-hmm. is what the whole scripture has been about. The law wasn't meant to save us. Faith was. Right. That's And that's okay. his. Okay. Yeah, so that yeah. makes sense then. And so then I kind of am dying to know how Paul would answer the question. Then why the law? Like, couldn't he have just, couldn't God have just said like, hey, just have faith and I will provide a savior. Yes. Why 613 laws? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. overburdening. Yes. So, like, is that is that is that's he basically he, he kind of like question? concludes this way by getting to one of the most another really famous part of uh, Galatians where he said there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, and he's just concluding this point that we're making. Mm. The way in which all people are saved is through faith in Jesus. There's not a Jewish and Gentile way to be saved, a male or female way to be saved, but mm. Jesus Christ alone. So what Paul does is he compares God's relationship to his people like a child who is the heir of a large estate. Okay. Like God's people, a child would be under certain rules and expectations until he matures. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Totally. You're not going to just give a four-year-old a billion dollars. Right. You need to train him. He needs to learn how to act. There's certain parameters, qualifications they need before they can inherit this great estate. Right. So in this metaphor... Mm-hmm. Or allegory, I suppose. Yes, yeah. uh, you've got Israel is a little kid, mm-hmm. and the kingdom of God mm-hmm. is the estate. That's right. Okay. It's uh, yes, that's right. Okay, and he's like, I'm not just going to give you the whole kit and caboodle on day one. You got to be trained up because you're right. a four year old. I'm not giving you a billion dollars. Right. And so okay. the law functioned like a trustee would function. Right. Like it would be ridiculous to have uh, a 7 p.m. curfew for a 40 year old man. Yes. But a four-year-old boy makes sense. That's right. And so and so, is he saying the law is like a curfew? 
In a sense, okay. yeah, he's saying the law is like um, a guardian or a trustee, somebody who was guiding an individual's behavior. Oh, I see. So maybe not the curfew itself, but the but, one who enforces the curfew. Yeah, and okay. guiding their behavior until they were mature enough to receive the whole estate. And once they receive the whole estate, the the commands of the trustee don't go away in They would sense. be internalized. They would be internalized, and then they would inform all their actions going forward. Right. It's What's like, the yeah, purpose of all I those see. laws? To, to transform them, to change them, to make them the type of people right. who can inherit such a great estate mm -hmm. and then activate it and use it appropriately. The I law see. of the Old Testament did that for God's people. Mm. It trained them to be the type of people who are ready to inherit the state, and once they did, could bless the whole world with it. I see. Yes. Okay. But the problem was they never kept the law or like internalized the law in such a way that they were ready to actually receive the full inheritance. That's right. And so they, instead of receiving the full kingdom of God in Israel, they were exiled from the land. Yes. And Jesus is trying to come and bring that kingdom to fruition now. Uh, yes. Well, that's not quite the way he makes the okay, argument, okay. but like that is the biblical story. Okay, right? yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's right, like right. they tried to keep the law. They failed. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. exiled. They need that whole thing right. to uh, restart. But Paul's not going there. Paul doesn't go there. Okay. No. He's, but that, that image is helpful of, yes. of this little kid who needs to learn how to be the kind of person who could wisely steward a billion dollars. That's right. And uh, he's, yes. he's, he's given a nanny or a, a, a yes. life coach. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, hey... You know, I'm going to give you some rules. You're going to have a curfew. You're going to go to arithmetic class and we're going to go spend some time with poor people so you understand, you know, the need in the world. That's right. But then by the time you graduate my class and you get the billion dollars, I'm going to go away. Mm -hmm. But everything I taught you will stay. Will stay and you will have the inheritance, the blessing. Okay. You will go out and follow world. that. So that's kind of verse, chapter four, verses one to three. And then chapter four, but when the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son. Okay. So like between verse three and verse four is everything that you talked about. I see. <laughs> like the exile yep. and all that kind of stuff. And the fullness of time is like the kids grown up or? The, the I, kids grown up. I think eventually here, the idea here is that Jesus arrives. Right. Uh, so like after time has passed until the time that God had ordained until this person matures. Yes. Yep. God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Interesting. Super interesting. To redeem those under the law. So the idea if, is... Yeah, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I just want to ask yeah, a question because yeah. it's like, if the law could save us, right? If the law was mm -hmm. the means of our salvation, why would we need redemption from it? Right. It's almost as if no matter how much maturing the law did, it was never able, to your point, to actually mature the people of God into people who could receive the inheritance. Right, because redemption is only necessary whenever you have a debt. Yeah. If you have a debt, that mm -hmm. debt needs to be paid by a redeemer. Yeah. The redeemer pays the debt and you've been redeemed. Yes. And so if the law was going to be our redeemer, it's kind of doing a really bad job at it because yeah. it's only putting us in debt. Yeah, there was a <laughs> deficit of maturity yeah. under the Old Testament law. So it so, wasn't doing its job? In a way, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or the people were not the type of people yeah. who could actually obey it. Yeah, I think yeah, Romans seven would step in and, and uh, add that color that you just uh, added. Yeah, but so it's interesting. Because the law is good. Because the law is good. Yes. So okay, but there's a whole bunch of children mm -hmm. who can't seem to mature under the strictures of this trustee. Right. So a brother comes, an older brother comes. Oh. Right. God sent forth his son. 
Right. Israel, not a trustee. Not a trustee. Another son. Another son. And he comes in, born of a woman, just like all Israel, mm. right? Born under the law, yep. just like all Israel. But he knows how to steward a billion dollars. Yes. And so he obeys yep. the Old Testament laws. Perfectly he, lives it out. He matures. Yep. And he is able now to inherit the estate oh. and then adopt all people as sons, as brothers. Yep. And sisters. And sisters. As sisters. So brothers <laughs> and sisters. Nor, neither male or female, Seth. Neither male or female. Come on. We all cry out, Abba, Father, to yes. God, and rule the estate with Jesus. Oh, man, that's so helpful. That's really clear. Um, I've never seen it fully mapped out as that picture before. So what does that mean for the law then? Because right. I, I think we tiptoed around it there for a second. It's like the law is good, mm-hmm. just like any any uh, guardian would hopefully be good. The problem was never with the guardian. The problem was the guardian was given an unruly child. Yeah, <laughs> that right. no matter how great of an overseer he was, they would never be able to reign in the child. And we're not. And and let's just be really clear here. We're not saying like Israel was so messed up. You know, it was just humanity. Right. Like if the guardian would never be able to fix any of us, we were all, regardless yeah. of our ethnicity, we're all unruly. I was reading one commentator who kind of made that point. There does seem to be in this in this Judaizer, like false teaching, a sense in which like Jews who by their own lights were trying to obey the law were somehow morally superior than the rest of the world. Yeah. But like part of what Paul is doing here in Galatians explicitly, no, it's actually like a human problem. Like they yeah. are guilty of what... They, as a people, are under the same curse all humanity is under, and they're not escaping that either. But yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Okay. All right. I get that picture. Uh, what's Is there like another... But does that solve the issue for Paul in the Galatians? Uh, no. He, uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. There's, there's more going on. Okay. But he's giving an analogy to what the law was supposed to do in the people of God. So I, I think this is helpful for people who are trying to understand what the Old Testament law was supposed to do. That's, that's how, like, why why is there a law? Right. It was meant to train people yep. to be ready to inherit the worldwide kingdom of God. Yeah. That's what the law is for. But no one could do it. But no one could do it. And so our brother Jesus came, mm-hmm. did it perfectly, graduated and inherited the blessing. Yes. The worldwide kingdom. That's right. Right. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he says. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he adopts us and gives us part of the kingdom. That's right. Yeah. So the law should still try to function in the way that it did before as a formative discipline informing how we rule mm-hmm. with Jesus. Right. Right. That, that it's still serving that purpose for God's people. Yep. Which means I think there can be a diversity of opinions on how exactly that works out. Yep. I don't think Paul ever says in the book of Galatians is that it's wrong to eat kosher. No. I think it's wrong to demand you must eat kosher. Right. So I think there's room here. Paul's making rooms like, okay, the law is a piece of wisdom for God's people to help rule the world with Jesus, to steward the inheritance with Jesus. There is going to be some room for interpretation there mm-hmm. because that's what it's meant to do. Right. right? And besides that, the law itself was um, encoded in a time and space and history. Like sure. it yeah. was for a Jewish people living thousands of, thousands of years ago. And if that same law was written today, there would obviously be changes to that law, but that would still reflect nonetheless the, the char- perfect character of God. The perfect character of and God. And what it would mean to be um, an inheritor of his kingdom. Yeah. And interestingly enough, and this is just like an interesting aside, 
when this conversation about, okay, what happens to the law now that all these Gentiles are being brought into God's family in the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. Acts 15, there's a whole council in Acts. Yes, they convene a council. To talk about this. And as they get down to it, they basically come to the same conclusion that Paul makes. It's like, yep. Trusting in Jesus is what makes us God's family. Right. Nothing else. So we should encourage the Gentiles to do nothing more than to abstain from sexual immorality. Abstain. Abstain. Abstain (laughs) abstain from sexual immorality. Abstain from... Food uh, sacrifice to idols. Food sacrifice to idols. And interestingly, to not drink or eat blood. Right. Which Which is part of the Jewish food commands. Which is really interesting because they seem to understand that there's something symbolic and important and meaningful about the blood commands that right. should transition over to Gentiles as part of their formation, right? which is really fascinating. Right. Uh, so does that now mean that British people are sinning when they eat black pudding? I think that is an interpretive question. I don't have the, cali- <laughs> the, 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 the caliber of mind to answer at this com- current moment. But like, I think that's the way we should be thinking about the law, okay. is that it is a guide to our behavior as we inherit the kingdom alongside our brother, Jesus. Yeah, and I think a big alarm bell that's probably going off for people is, whoa, 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 it kind of feels like you're playing fast and loose with God's law, with the Bible, that these aren't like suggestions that you should figure out how to apply their laws, they're clear, like it kind of feels like you're playing fast and loose. Only if I'm misunderstanding the purpose of the law. Right. The the law is not meant to to create members of God's family. Mm -hmm. It's meant to guide people who are already members of God's family Mm -hmm. in their behavior in the new kingdom. Right. So it can still do that without the strong, you must do this in order to be part of God's family. I think the other way to look at it too, and the the other way to answer that question is, let's look at circumcision and, and then even though it's kind of outside the scope of Galatians, I think it's helpful. Let's look at the kosher laws. Okay. Just real quick. Yeah. As two things that are in the law that, and one of which, you know, Paul deals with here and another of which he deals with elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but circumcision, right? If, if we thought it was just a law that you have to obey in order to be in or the right way to be in God's family, he's proven that wrong. Mm-hmm. That, and I think it'd be really, really hard to read Galatians faithfully and come to the conclusion that you have to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. Right. I think that's what the whole letter is saying is not true. Yes. And so like, I think we can go in kind of heavy there Mm -hmm. and say, there's at least one law Mm -hmm. that you don't have to obey and you're still just as faithful a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's because what do you mean by obey it? If obey means circumcision as an act of faith pointing to Jesus the Messiah. Yes. We actually obey the circumcision law. Yes. By trusting Jesus the Messiah. That's right. We are obeying the law. Right. It's, yeah, and so but to say that you must be physically circumcised is actually missing the point of the law. Right. You're actually not obeying the law by being circumcised. Anybody in the world could be circumcised. That doesn't mean they're doing something good. Right. Right. Anybody in the world could not eat pork. That That's doesn't right. mean they're doing something good. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. God, it's like God didn't say don't eat pork because he doesn't like pigs. Right. There are, I mean, there's a whole bunch of vegetarian people groups and tribes that don't eat pork, but that does not mean that they're imaging God or being stewards of his kingdom. Like, right. More than a tribe next door that might be eating pork. Right. That's Yes. 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 Yeah. And so what we have to understand is there was a point to the law. That's right. Of circumcision. Right. Mm -hmm. It was a sign pointing to Jesus. 
And so the only way to actually obey the law of circumcision was to have faith that God was going to provide an offspring. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, you know, before Jesus came, people did that by enacting that in their flesh. Yes. We do it by enacting it in our life, by actually right. believing that Jesus is the offspring promised to Abraham. Yeah. Same kind of thing for the food laws, right? Although, again, this is not Galatians per se. Food laws weren't there just to say, don't eat these things or you're sinning. Mm-hmm. They were there to show the distinctiveness of God's people. That's right. We, as God's distinct people, are going to have this diet, mm. even though the Gentiles, they will eat those things. We won't because yep. we're separate. Mm-hmm. But then whenever those food laws were overturned, it was in the context of the book of Acts and mm-hmm. Ju- or Gentile inclusion into the Jewish people. Right. When Peter saw the like net of animals yeah, come yeah, down yeah. from heaven and there were some unclean animals in there, God said, arise, kill and eat. And he's like, I won't. I've never let anything unclean happen to me. He's like, don't call anything I've made unclean. I've made unclean. And then knock, knock, knock on his door. Some and someone invites him to come and preach the gospel to Gentiles. Yeah. And then he realizes the point of the vision. Right. And so the point of the law of like for eating kosher was to show the distinctiveness of God's mm-hmm. people from the Gentiles. That's right. But now that there those laws don't have to be observed in that way is Well now that sorry, yes. Unity Yes between Jew and Gentile has been made possible by Jesus. Right. We don't need to separate ourselves from other brothers of Jesus with our food laws. Right. Obeying the kosher laws is not first and foremost about what you eat, Mm -hmm. but about why you are eating it. Yeah. And you were eating it because you were God's distinct people. Mm -hmm. And now we know we're God's distinct people. Right. By faith in Jesus alone. That's right. And we know that there are people included from every nation in this people group. So actually when we eat anything, we are actually proclaiming our unity with others. Right. And to Paul, and Paul will say this later, if you begin to eat kosher mm-hmm. in a mixed group of people and demand that they eat kosher alongside you, you're actually now breaking the law. Oh, because we have been unified mm-hmm. by faith in Jesus and kosher food laws were actually a sign of unity for God's covenant people. It was a right. distinction from the world outside, but actually a symbol of the unity of God's people. Right. So if you start eating kosher when you have been unified by faith in yep. Jesus. Or demanding that people Demanding yep. that people do so. You're actually breaking the law that law was meant to point to. I see. Because it was a unity law. It was a unity law. Right. Like it was a separation and a unity law. Yeah, 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 yeah but like, that. yeah. Which is fascinating. Yeah. The heart of the law was to unify God's people around a common meal yeah. and to identify with one another as people who believe in the promise mm. of Jesus the Messiah. Yeah. Okay, but, so what, what we're saying here is the reason why this is such a hot topic and the reason why I, I so sympathize with people <laughs> who are like, we still need to obey every law. It's God's law. Yeah. Uh, but what's happening here that, that Paul's pointing out is you, you have to understand what the law is. The law is not a thing written down that you have to obey word for word, right? Like be circumcised forever. It is not something that makes us a member of God's family. Right. That's right. Yeah. But well, what I'm saying is to obey the law, mm-hmm. right, isn't to just rote go through the actions Mm-hmm. But the two examples we've just given have said that there's a point to the law, yes. right? Circumcision was pointing to an offspring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food laws were pointing to unity and distinction. Mm-hmm. And so like 
the law is pointing to something too, yes. I think is, is another thing yes, that yes, yes, we're yes. putting on the line here. Yes. But yeah, okay. So I think I get all that. It's still really, really fuzzy. In no, sense, it though. is. And what's interesting is that Paul doesn't actually make this argument that we're trying to make right here about like the end of the law, the per- like the purpose of individual laws and oh, isolation right. from one another. It's yes. like the law was a guide. Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> Maybe because as soon as you start doing so, it gets really complicated really fast. And you have to ask, well, what in what way are each of these laws fulfilled and how exactly are they fulfilled in Jesus? Yeah. And how exactly do they point to the greater reality of Jesus? And it gets yeah, which is a fascinating exercise. And a bunch of different people have different opinions because yep. we even like kind of whiffled here between like is it a separation law or, or a unity, unity law? law right and i think there is some interpretive gray area there right, right? yeah uh, so yeah but i think that's it's really interesting and anyway just to self-plug i remember what was it almost four years ago or something like that when you and i went through like exodus together in the podcast we actually went through all the laws and talked about how several of them pointed to jesus in different ways so that was fun. That was we fun. talked about yes, the fulfillment had, of Jesus yes, in the law in, the in laws. a bunch of different ways. Yes. So if you're curious, you can go back in there. Okay, let's move on. So what does Paul say next? Because we've defined what the law is, that it's a guardian and that we're like, a, we were, I guess, like a kid and yeah. the law was our guardian. Yes. He says it another way. He okay. says, no, we're just not like a child under a guardian. We're yeah. also like a slave with a master. Okay. And the law was our master mm. guiding and telling us what to do. And we were the law's slave. That's interesting. It's interesting. I, I mean, it's, it kind of throws me for a loop because I'm used to talking about Israel was enslaved to Egypt. And then right. God freed them and gave yeah, them yeah, yeah. a covenant. Yeah. Slave generally has negative connotations in our mind. Right. Normally like oppressive connotations. Yeah. I think Paul probably just means it in the more kind of like cultural sense that his right. day would have had it. Like slaves were just part of, of life. A third of the population was slaves. Right. A lot of the Christians in his church would have been slaves. There were ex-slaves who were pastors in the church. There was, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like... Slaves that might have been... Occupational slavery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a yeah. little bit different. Okay. And so in more analogous probably to our like employee-employer relationship. It's yeah. like this is just the way in which the world works regardless of whether that should be the way it okay, works. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not calling... I think it's just... I just want to make sure we're not misreading Paul and importing right. our vision of slavery on him and being like, wait, he's calling the law right. some evil slave master? Yeah, in the same way that a child is supposed to obey a parental or a guardian... Uh, an employee must obey his employer, yeah. but he uses the word slave and master. Good. And then he uh, unpacks that image of a slave with by appealing to the Old Testament story of Hagar and Sarah. Okay, yeah. Which is weird. Uh, and he kind of calls it out as weird. He says, this is an allegory. I'm going to go allegorical on you. He starts <laughs> to unpack this other allegory. Man, I tell you what, Galatians, <laughs> we said this in the last episode, Galatians oh. just sets up all the tools we Bible nerds need. Oh. It said that we can be, we can care about plurals versus singulars, and now we can care about allegory. It's just, it's a playground for us. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so this is how he starts the story about Hagar and Sarah. He says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, 
don't you listen to the law? So mm. he's, he's he's accusing them of not paying close enough attention to the, right. what the you law. Say, you say, I don't care about the law. Are, are you paying close enough attention to it yourself? It was written that Abraham had two sons, one right. by a slave woman and one by a free woman. Mm -hmm. But the son of the slave woman was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Yep. And so he's paralleling. You've got Hagar, who was born through the, the flesh. The flesh, meaning like of Abraham's own effort or even of Abraham just not trusting God's promises. Him trying to create a family on his own. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then one was promised a family. Like, right. He's like, through right. Sarah, I will through give Sarah. you a son. Just trust me. Well, God, you're not really on my time. I'm going to go do it myself. Yeah. So you can interpret these two women allegorically, Paul says. <laughs> uh, one of, and they're both covenants. One is from Mount Sinai. Mm. So the Jewish covenant, which is interesting because Hagar doesn't bear the Jewish line. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, one is from Mount Sinai bearing children for slavery. Whoa. And Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And she corresponds to the present Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem love is free. And then he quotes this yeah, yeah. Uh, prophecy. And he says, now, brothers, you are children of the promise, children mm. of Sarah, which is something that they would have intuitively understood. He's like, okay, we know as people who are reading the Bible, that we are children of Sarah, right. not of Hagar. Right. We know this. And so Paul is using that. Against them. <laughs> that, that against them. Yeah. And he's saying, what we do know is that Sarah and her children were made part of God's family through promises, mm. not through slavery. Right. And as I've said before, the law is kind of like a slave master. Mm. He's kind of like a master, a guardian, telling you what you must do. Right. But that's not how you became part of God's family. Mm. You, you became, became through believing a promise. But through believing a promise, through the freedom of a promise, not the right. slavery of a law. So is this him, again, proving the point that we're saved by faith and not by the law? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what, what he's doing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So then if we're just free... And the law is this guide, but but we can't just go and follow it and save ourselves, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what what's it for? Like, uh, I mean, I think the, the the Galatians would probably. I think Paul goes on to argue with them that they that the next argument that they would have is like, well, if we're free to do whatever we want, mm -hmm. or if we're free from the law, won't we just do whatever? Won't we just go back to the old dark ages of? sin and evil and wickedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in about uh, 15 verses, he makes exactly that point. In uh, chapter 5, verse 16, he says, But I say, instead of walking by the flesh, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, because uh, now that we've defined what it means to do something by the flesh, yes. right, as not trusting the promise and trying to gin it up yourself. Yep. In the Abraham Hagar yep. story, yep. he's saying, actually, if you want to go back and obey the law after you've been freed by Christ and think that is where your hope lies, you're actually just going back into slavery. That's right. Yes. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And yeah. so yoke of slavery is not to go on sinning. The yoke of slavery he's talking about is, is trying yes. to, like... To force your way into God's family. By obedience to the law. By obedience to the law. Yeah, because, I mean, it does make sense, though, to go... I, I think this is going to rub people the wrong way, and I get that. I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm just trying to say it clearly. It's like to try to suggest that we need to obey all of the laws in order to 
be right in God's eyes and to yeah. be in God's family is actually slavery. Yes. And it's just hard. I feel, it, I feel uncomfortable uh, saying that though. Cause it's like, they're right. laws. Like, but it, again, it goes back to the, what is the purpose of the law? Right. The law was never intended to create a member of God's family, but to guide people who were in God's family right. to be ready to inherit the promise of God's kingdom. Yeah. And to say it another way too, like we said in the last episode, the law was given to show us that we couldn't keep it perfectly. Yeah. In order that we would need to trust in the promise that God was bringing. And so if you were going to say, okay, you know what? I, I think though it's still a really good idea to try to obey all the law. Mm-hmm. You can't. Like you can't do it. Well. Oh, what did I do? Which is exactly kind of what Paul goes next. <laughs> oh, okay. He's saying your intuition mm-hmm. that you want to obey the law perfectly yeah. is actually exactly right oh you should want to obey the law perfectly okay that is like it is an expression of god's character right and heart that's what you should want it's a good desire it's a good desire okay, that makes you feel a little bit better yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yes he says oh i'm so excited so <laughs> verse 13 he says he's gonna go back i'm gonna let me go back a little bit for freedom you were called brothers don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, mm-hmm. but through love, serve one another. In fact, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, one phrase. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, I say, walk by the spirit. Mm. And what he's going to say is like the way that you fulfill the law, which was always summarized as love God Right. And love neighbors. And he even quotes Galatians. That's a, uh, not Galatians. He quotes <laughs> Leviticus. Yeah. He's quoting from Leviticus when he says this. He's saying the way that you actually obey the law, the heart of the law, the mm-hmm. center of the law, mm-hmm. is by being filled with the spirit that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, offers to you. Mm. The way that you do what you say you want to do is by trusting in Jesus alone and not the signs you keep holding on to as the ways in which you prove that you're part of God's family. Yeah. That's well, kind and of... It, and it sounds like love, right? This idea of like, oh yeah, you want to obey the whole law? Good. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. You want to know what that is? It's loving others mm-hmm. as you're filled by the spirit of Christ. That's right. This is probably the part of Paul's theology where I get like excited, but also a little mystical. Ooh. And probably the part where I I'm not as clear on how the law and the spirit interact with one another sure. and the spirit like is a new law written yes. inside of us. That's right. So, and, and that's where he's going. Right. He's saying the fear in saying we don't need to eat kosher. Right. We don't need to be circumcised. In fact, the whole Old Testament law was temporary. Right. Is that we're just going to go off the rails? Is we're going to go off the rails? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. The whole purpose of Jesus Christ coming, being our brother and ruling alongside us is that he would live in us to fulfill the law perfectly right. through his Holy Spirit. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit is, you know, I mean, I mean, we can say it this way. The Holy Spirit was one of the, like one of the ways the law was written. That's you know, right, that's it, right. Yeah, yeah. He breathed it out. And now the very author of the law has come to indwell us. So now we don't have a law outside of us, over us, telling us mm-hmm. what to do. We have the author of the law inside of us and operating the law 
causing us to obey it. Right. And another way that he says it is that you can think about the law as constraining behavior. Yeah. A slave master constrains behavior. Uh, A guardian constrains behavior. But sons Mm -hmm. are free. Right. And the Holy Spirit increases that freedom Mm. by placing inside of us the freedom to act as the law intended for us to act. Right. Not filled with envy and division, but full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and the whole yes. through the spirit, which he mentions here. Right. And he says, against these things, there is no law. Mm. He's like, you want to obey the law. And the best way to do that is by being filled with the spirit to allow you to do the law without limits. Man, that is fascinating because the whole idea here is they're like, we we want to obey the law. The, this idea of obeying the law is actually a good thing. It's a yes. good desire. We want to, you know, bear the image of God. We want to be like him. We want to be obedient to what he said. And it's like, yeah, actually, though, if you try to do that through the law, you're actually putting limits on it. You'll actually only be able to do it in part or as a slave yes. or you'll fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you really want to nail it and you want to do it in the perfect way, it's actually to understand that the law has now moved inside your heart through the spirit mm-hmm. and it's going to bear fruit in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's actually through freedom from the law that you'll actually obey the law for the first time. And be free to do it finally. Yeah. Yes. It's so interesting. Once we realize we are free from needing to do the parts of the law in order to identify ourselves mm-hmm. as part of God's family. Once we free ourselves from the anxiety of trying to prove that we're a part of God's family, we can actually be filled with the Holy Spirit that lets us joyfully enjoy being a part of God's family. We get to enjoy yeah. the privileges of owning the estate because we're not worried that we're failing up to the the command right. of the trustee, right? Yes. Like we're free. Right. We're free. Yeah, but it's in- it is interesting that when you're a slave and you're under the law trying to do the best you can, you, you just can't do it perfectly. It's only when you realize that the whole estate is yours that you actually start obeying all the commands that the trustee had given. Yes. It's it's just, we have it so backwards. And so it's actually in letting go of the law, you get it all back. Yes. In a different way. Yes. It's really cool. Um, and in letting go of the law, let's define that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Letting go of the law is holding on to the point of the law, which is yes. Jesus Christ. That's right. Jesus Christ is the point to which the law was pointing. Right. So when we cling to Jesus, who did, by the way, obey every single one of the 613 laws that you want obeyed, Jesus did it. It's being done. It has been done for you. Yes. Those have been accomplished. And it's by trusting him that that becomes true. That's what it means to let go of the law is by clinging to Jesus. And when we cling to Jesus, he gives us his spirit by which he himself obeyed all the laws. Right. And so what are we going to do? If we cling to Jesus, what's it going to do? And we follow him. We are going to love God and love others as the law. We're going to fulfill intended. the law perfectly. That's right. Or, you know, bit by bit. You know? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. But as, the good thing is like when we don't, we're not condemned. <laughs> yes. Because we're not under the law anymore. Yes. But under grace and in faith. That's really good. Okay, so what else does Paul say in Galatians before we close out this conversation? Maybe the last thing that we should land the plane on, which we haven't talked about yet, is something we skipped over in chapter three. Oh, boy. 
uh, but how Jesus has rescued us from the curse of the law mm. by becoming a curse for us. Cursed because what is written in the Old Testament law? Cursed, cursed is everybody who hangs, who, uh, hangs on a tree. So we talked about this very positively. Yeah. What is Jesus doing when we have faith in him? We are being given his spirit that already obeyed the law while he was on earth. It's being placed inside us, freeing us to finally obey the law in our own lives. Right. Uh, the other way to talk about that <laughs> is that we were under the law and we needed a redeemer because right. we racked up a debt. Because what do laws do? They incriminate people who right. don't live up to them. Right. When I break a law, there's a punishment on the other side. Yes. Or else it's not really a law. Right. Right. Uh, and so that punishment in, in the Old Testament parlance is called a curse. Right. So everybody in Old Testament times who were trying to follow the Jewish laws were under a curse, which is part of Paul's point. That's right, because when they accepted and ratified this law as a people group, God said, if you obey the laws, you'll be blessed. Mm -hmm. And if you disobey them, you'll be cursed. And they said, amen and amen to all the curses. And then what happened? They did not obey the law perfectly, and therefore they incurred all the curses. And the ultimate curse was to no longer be God's people, mm. right? That's yeah. what exile, in a, in a sense, yeah. was. It was right. to be removed from the, the land that God had given them, yeah. to be sent out into the Babylonian wilderness. Right. And there's some of the prophets that will even say it as th- that starkly, like, you are no longer my people. Right. And another way to look at that exile, that no longer part of God's people, uh, maybe, I don't know which one is a shorthand for which, but another way to talk about it is death. Oh yeah, because when you're when, right. when we when they when the people of God started in the Garden of Eden, and God said, "If you eat of the, this fruit, you'll surely die," right? Yeah. When they ate of the fruit, what happened? They were exiled from His presence, and then mm-hmm. yes, then they died. Yeah, but the ultimate curse, yes, is to die outside of God's presence. Right, and so while it's great news mm. that Jesus has positively given us His ability to obey the law, yeah what happens to the outstanding debt for the people of God right. who have not always done so? Right. Another way to word that question is, okay, sure, God is now allowing us to obey the law, but we've had centuries of lawbreakers. Right. Is And, and it says that they'll all be cursed, they'll all die apart from God. Yes. How How is God upholding his law if he's not going to execute on these curses that he's held against right. lawbreakers? And so when Jesus comes and lives a perfectly law-abiding life right. by being faithful to the covenant. He deserves all the blessings. He deserves the blessings, yeah. but he chooses to accept all the curses instead. Mm-hmm. He chooses to, for a time, no longer be part of God's people. Yep. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He dies, as we've said before, is the other way to talk about exile. He, he dies. Yeah. Outside the city walls. Outside the city walls. Exiled. In fulfillment of what the Old Testament said, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. So when Jesus hung on the tree of the cross, he received the curses. He received them all. Which, right, which is just, just as a side note, is another interesting way that the law works, right? There's yeah. another way that Christ fulfills yes. a command of the law. Anyway. Yeah. This is what's happening on, yeah. on the cross. And so interesting, like at the moment of his death, everything that we need to be made part of God's family hmm. has been done. Oh, right. He, I mean, he said it is finished. So it's yeah, like, you know, it's like, I guess he was right. It's <laughs> like, there's no more curses left yep. because he's obeyed them all. Mm. He's willing to transfer and give us his spirit in which we'll be able to live the law perfectly. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so what are we waiting for then? 
We're waiting for him to rise from the dead yeah. to prove, validate, and confirm that he has the power and he is the delegate we need. Mm-hmm. Like, because only really God can do what he's that kind of substitutionary judo that he's doing right there. Like, right. who can who can stand in for all of humankind and like do that and yeah. absorb the curses a covenant demands that made with God? Only, only God, the can, covenant maker, only the covenant maker, do that. So yeah. in the cross, he's doing uh, in this, he's doing that. And when he rises yeah. from the dead, he proves that he was actually God. Yeah, his resurrection is proof that he's God, and everything that the cross. We hoped would be mm. the cancellation of the curses, yeah. the promise and expectation of his spirit allowing us to obey the law is actually true. And that's what I believe the gospel according to Paul is in yeah. Galatians. And the reason why we do not need to be circumcised or eat kosher in order to identify ourselves as being part of God's family. Because we're obeying the law already by having faith in Jesus. That's right. Because that's what it pointed to. Yes. And there's no fear that we're going to go off the rails. We're not talking about just dismantling the Old Testament law, but right. actually being freed from our captivity and curse under it yeah. so that we can be filled with the spirit of Jesus to finally obey it in yes. a real way once and for all. Right. Because think, go back to that slave master or the guardian analogy. Yeah. It's like you can obey the guardian's laws, right? Yeah. In a sense. The way, to whatever extent, but you can't really obey it until you have all the assets of the estate. Oh, right. Sure. It's, like, it's just, it's training. It's training. Yeah. So it's always practice. It's never the real thing. Right. So it's like a mock UN, but you're not actually in the United Nations. Right. Yeah. So when Jesus invites us to rule the estate with them and mm. then fills us with his spirit, we can actually do what the law always intended. Mm. The law was actually had a bigger vision for righteousness than just making sure people were circumcised. That's right. Right? Like that was like, it's like, I kind of like want to like put, Jesus says it. He says, you have to be more righteous than the Pharisees. Than the Pharisees. The, than the law obeyers. The law obeyers par excellence. Why? Because the law was only a, encapsulation of what God's people could do. Yeah. It wasn't everything. It wasn't this final definition of justice or righteousness or goodness. It's really helpful because right? I, I think the, the way I hear it often is if it's just faith in Jesus, you're shrinking the obedience that God requires. Ah, yes. And it's like, I I really want to be a faithful Christian. So I, I think we should obey everything that he's written in, in all of the law. And you're like, yeah. no, actually, the 613 laws are actually the small version. Right. And when you get to obedience to Jesus in a spirit-filled life, it gets way bigger. Right. And why, it's why when Jesus starts talking about how he fulfills the law, he ratchets up all the commandments. He's like, yes. oh, you've heard it said in the law don't that, murder. You, that you shouldn't murder. But I say, don't even get angry at your brother. Right. You've heard, uh, don't get divorced and have, and have an affair. I say, don't even lust after a woman. Right. It's like Jesus ratcheted it up. He's like, the law was the small, easy version. Yeah. My way is actually way harder as and way child, bigger. As a child, you can get away with a little bit of murder. But as, a, <laughs> but as the heir of an estate, you can't even get angry. Right. This is a kingdom of peace. Yes. And not even, like, right. this is a kingdom of peace all the way down to your character. That's right. And, and that's so, what I'm forming in you now. Right. And so, to, so then to say, like, I couldn't keep the first one. Right. How am I going to keep the bigger one? I couldn't do the small one. Yeah. And Jesus is like, that's why I've also ratcheted up the blessing. Yes. Because it's not just like, here's my law. It's not too hard for you to understand. Here you go. Obey it. Yeah. Instead, now I've given you my very spirit by which I obeyed the law. Yes. And now I'm going to enable you to do it too. Mm-hmm. He, he gives us the command and the ability to obey it. Yes. Through the spirit. 
And that's good news. And that's really great. And news. I think the other good news is too is that um, we're also not saved by being perfect. Oh right. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not saved based on how well we measure up to any number of laws or expectations. Like we are saved by faith in Jesus and saved in a couple of ways. Like saved, yes, we've escaped the curse, right, of death. Like we will actually be saved from death itself. But we're also saved from our inability to get better. Yeah. To be better, mm-hmm. to do better. Because under the law, we were just stuck uh, like wow. with our own devices proving over and over again that we weren't good enough. But when we have faith in Jesus and we realize that there is no condemnation, the Holy Spirit comes in us and you, we actually do start to improve incrementally, yeah. I will admit. Yes. Right? Right. But we do start to improve. And that's proof positive that the Holy Spirit's bearing fruit in our life. Like, mm. I'm more patient than I was. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's know? right. That's I, right. I'm, I'm obeying the law better mm-hmm. 10 years into my walk with Jesus, right. you know. And maybe to say it more strongly than I should, <laughs> but better than the Old Testament law would have demanded you do. Hmm. Like, yeah. right? Because right. like, yes. right? It's like, well, yeah, I'm not handing my wife a certificate of divorce. Right. <laughs> but you're actively pursuing her in love. Right, exactly. This is evidence yeah. of the fact that Jesus is calling you to a higher level of righteousness, which he's empowered you to do. Right. Yeah. That was a biblical quote, if anybody is wondering. I wasn't, I'm not thinking about divorcing my wife. <laughs> okay, well, that's Galatians, yeah? I mean, that's as much as, as, much as, I, as we as can I, muster at the time. I uh, was humbled by Galatians as yeah. I'm working through it just because it feels like there's a lot of line, and this is a big question. And yeah. as we figure out in the middle, like, I don't have all the answers right. to how this question works itself out in the nitty gritty, but I do know the good news. Yeah. That trusting in Jesus is what identifies me as a member of God's family. There's a whole bunch of other people who are just like me. And we should be fighting for that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And Galatians has taught me at least that much. And I think like for everybody listening and watching, if you like us are still struggling with what to do with the Old Testament laws now that Jesus has come, and maybe you disagree with some of the things we've said. We will probably disagree. With, I mean, yeah, like, I will disagree with myself three months from now. Yeah, like we, we're just trying to work it out here. I think the lesson Galatians has above that for us is what Seth's been saying: is we can be unified around the fact that wherever we stand on this argument, wherever we stand on our perspective, I think we can all be unified around the idea that we have faith in Jesus. Yeah, and that's what ultimately Galatians is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, Show us grace, especially in the comment sections. <laughs> we will have comments on these videos That's now. That's right, because <laughs> this is not just a podcast now. <laughs> That's really funny. This is also a video. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week.